Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. had Gethin Pearson on the podcast back in January, yeah, a while back now, who did your last two records. Like, yeah, last two, right? Uh, he did uh, He did Bad Company, he did Simplicity, and then, yeah, The Seeding. Yeah, he's a good guy. Got a very kind of chilled out kind of atmosphere about him. <laughs> chilled out? Is that what you, how you describe it? <laughs> That's how he came across in the podcast. How does he come across in the studio? <laughs> he's absolutely the complete opposite when he's in the studio. <laughs> he's, um, no, he's, he's slightly, I thought he was slightly mental the first time I met him, actually. Um, <laughs> the first time I met him was actually, he was playing keyboards for The Enemy when we went on tour with them because he was producing their album at the time so they were touring and doing this album uh, at the same time so they roped him in on keyboards for the tour so because we were all sharing a tour bus that's how we got to meet him and then next thing you know he's doing our next records so. why do you think he was silly mental the first time you you came upon him he just was he's just this crazy welsh bloke <laughs> just talk, talks just random random stuff all the time which obviously we love because uh our humor is terrible <laughs> so no we really we just really um we really just locked on to him really because it's like it just have the not it doesn't take anything serious it doesn't take anything too seriously really and, and like that's pretty much uh, us all the time so that's it did how long after that did you know you were going to work with him? um i mean he was voicing his his like opinions on our releases up to that point when we was uh, on tour with the enemy. You know, it's it's heard our first album and he was just saying how much what he would have done differently, not in a not in a negative way, but he he was just kind of he was very interested in working with us on something 
just so he could kind of because he was just he would he would have he just wanted to do it because um, he had some ideas about like our sounds and everything like that. We were open to the idea of doing that, and then from there on, we just it was really comfortable working with him. So we just we stayed with him for the for the next two records, just because we know how he works, and it, once you've once you know how it's going to be and that certain dynamic, you kind of it's less risk. It's a big risk taking on a new producer, really, because there's always that potential that you might just not. You might not work well together, but we do with him. So. Do you think it then enables you to take more risks in the music? Because if you look at the progression from simplicity to the ceiling, it's a pretty big jump there yeah. in terms of what you're doing with it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Gethin kind of opened up that. He kind of opened up the door to show us what we could do. Um, so then when we went to then write for the, the ceiling, we bought, we, you know, we were bearing that in mind. It's like, oh, I can imagine recording this in the studio, which dramatically t- changed the sound, really. So when we went into the studio, he was, he was buzzing because he was like, yeah, like he was really on the same page. And yeah, it, ma- it, it makes you want to take more risks because it's not really a risk at that point, though. It's kind of, it's more excitement because you know that it's possible. So we did it. Yeah. I mean, they always say that the only risk is to take no risks. Like it's a risk standing still, everything else. Oh, yeah. It's not really a risk. Be, as long as you're doing something that feels true. Yeah, the only risk was it sounding a bit boring. Just not not boring, just not you not um taking a song to its full potential. We were always what what more could we do to this? Um without overproducing it. You know, so that was the only risk really. How do you know when to stop? God, how long's a piece of string? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's kind of you don't really ever. You, you can carry on doing it. I think it's important to get as much stuff down as possible, and then you can take away things later on. So that's that makes it easier. But I like to cover all bases. Let's get at least you know. Let's try it on this. You know, playing it through this first. Let's do that. Do that, and then. We'll decide afterwards. The mixing part is such a big, that's half the battle, you know. Actually recording things is quite, that's the fun bit. It's knowing what to take out. That's the real skill. I suppose that's that's where it ends. That's when you stop, right? Okay, that doesn't work. And then once you've gone through all the sounds, you've got nothing left. So, okay, well, that's it then. There we go. <laughs> yeah, because you, you, you have all your options at that point. Yeah. It's not like in the studio when anything can happen. It's kind of like you've got these tools to work with and it's just about trying to get the best out of them. Definitely. That's it. You know, there's a lot of back and forth with mixes and it's kind of, it's not necessarily like someone missing something. You could make two completely different songs depending on the mix. It's just about what what you're trying to say with this album, what you're trying to say with this song and then representing it in the mix. So that's it, really. How how does something like feel develop that's almost completely separate from the what we would expect from you? It was that was entirely really. Co- I mean, Connor when he was he wrote a lot of the ceiling to be honest, and he was just trying out new new things, especially with the drum parts he had in mind for me. Like I said, like after doing simplicity with Gethin uh, and him 
firing these ideas out. So I think that stayed in Connor's mind when he went to when he was writing stuff for the, for the ceiling, because he was like, right, I want to, I really want to push the boundaries, um, and that's and feel was a result of that playing around with loads of different gadgets and things like that, different feels. Um, Does this photo book and the single you're about to take out, do they kind of feel like you capping off the ceiling? Is that kind of finishing off this period in the band's uh, life? I don't know. I don't, I'd, hate, I'd hate to say it is because I don't feel like we didn't really get the chance to fully, you know, give the ceiling what it's owed. So I think... This is kind of a, I suppose it is like a last push for the, the ceiling, just to remind people that we did in fact release that album, because I don't know, we didn't, I don't feel a bit like we got to play the songs lost. We did, I think we did like two tours, which wasn't a lot really, and then the whole world went to shit. So I think the next few tours that we do, I think we'll probably play a lot more off the ceiling, just because I think it deserves it. You know, looking back and just looking back onto those songs, you know, they're, they're really good stuff, you know, because we haven't played them in ages. We haven't seen each other. So with all that's like, I've I've gone back and listened to a, a few of them. I've actually, you know, I really feel they didn't get, get, their, get their time. I suppose it is, I suppose it is like the last thing. But I don't like saying that because I feel like I'm doing it. I'm, uh, I'm stabbing it in the back. But, when when you were going back and listening to it and you were kind of hearing some of the songs that were they were kind of prompting those feelings and that you wish you had a little bit more time with the album to perform it live were there any songs in particular that were kind of sparking that for you well we i think the first tour we did the first big one after it after it was released we would open with uh looking passing it starts off it you know builds and builds and builds uh so that one was definitely one for me Feel I was I did a few drum drum clinics over lockdown and I chose that one just because it's a bit out of our songs. It's it's not just a four four B kind of thing. So uh, that one was that one's very very fun to play. I I'll tell you what I don't I don't miss playing driving at night because it absolutely knackers me out. I didn't mind. <laughs> but Connor, it's like Connor's favourite song as well. Um, but. Honestly, I can't. I just lock off. I can't. I'm, I'm, I need to get back in the gym before I need to fuck in. Do you have to kind of tactically place it in the set list? Maybe put it well, a little bit towards the end so it's not right at the beginning. That was my request. But they were like, no, we're playing it first. We're opening with that song. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're going to kill me. So by, by the second song, I'm knackered. <laughs> like, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to call it a day with that. I'm trying to think what other songs are even on there, to be honest. But yeah, I think we'll we'll definitely get back in the studio. May even put a new spin on some of them, um, just so they can translate live. I'm just looking forward to trying that stuff out with with uh, with the rest of the lads. When you say put a new spin on them, what exactly do you mean by, by that? Um, just because sometimes, where say for a song like Fear doesn't necessarily like on record sounds amazing but it just doesn't translate live so sometimes you just have to switch it up add some things to reinforce it um we did that with 17 and it just it, it sounds a lot better live now and just stuff like that like we take inspiration like a lot of radiohead they a lot of their they they have 
songs on records and then songs from live and they'll just play it completely differently which I, I love the idea of that it's but you still get the same it's still the same song that you know and love and they quite often used to bring songs into the set list like years before they would come out as well yeah like yeah. i think they were playing songs like nude back in like 99 it didn't oh, come out yeah. until like 2007 yeah. or whatever i know i mean they're just creative geniuses really isn't they're gonna it's like <laughs> it actually makes me a bit depressed listening to Rage Red. Like they'll never be this. I'll never be this smart as a musician. But yeah, <laughs> you mentioned that you've been doing a few like uh, tutorials and like lectures and stuff. Mm. And you brought in. Did you say you brought in Phil? You were kind of talking about that. Yeah, I just did like um, like usually just start off with a couple songs or something, and then do a Q and A thing and. Um, I did feel and uh, what we haven't got yet. Are you playing them or you, do you break them down a little bit as well? No, I'll just play them all the way through. If anyone's got any questions about it, then yeah, I'll just go back to, you know, timings and things like that and just di- just dynamics of the song, why, why I chose to play that there and not there, things like that. Like I said, a lot of those songs on there was Connor's ideas and then I'll just translate them onto the drums. I don't change. I didn't change a fat lot uh, that he showed me because just because he's he's he used to be a drummer, so he kind of gets uh, the job that I have to do. He understands what it you know what it needs. So nine times out of ten, we agree on it anyway. So does that make it easier to communicate your own ideas as well when the person you're talking to is kind of coming from a similar background? It does. It is. It is easier because. Um, it saves him having to like tell me uh, like if he comes in with just a riff, a guitar riff or something, he w- he doesn't need to specify what he wants in regards to drums because usually I'm already I already know what he wants and it's it's kind of like a rule of thumb, you know. It does get difficult when he'll bring something I don't particularly like it uh, and then want to rearrange it because it's I understand that it's taken a lot of effort for it, for this idea to get to where he's wanted it and now he's got me <laughs> telling him no I don't like it so there's sometimes tension there but that's that's every band every band goes through that as long as you can back yourself yeah, you can yeah. explain why you don't like we it all, we always give every idea a go and if it sounds crap then it sounds crap and it doesn't get used <laughs> so, so there you go and if you're if you're outnumbered then sorry mate you've lost <laughs> or sometimes it, you know we go can we at least try it this way and then we'll do it and go actually that does sound a lot better and then we'll do that so and we'll all have a big hug and a kiss and whatever <laughs> you know we're talking there about like being creative as a group do you still find the need to be creative when you're not with the band like we're saying you've been separated from them for the last year it's been really I've been fairly really guilty about that because I thought you know I'm not going to be doing a lot a fat lot with the band uh, obviously, because of everything that's going on, so I might as well focus on me myself as a, just a drummer, really, trying to further that. But, but I've really, personally, just really struggled with motivation. I know a lot, a lot of other musicians have felt the same as well. Just I've, I've been trying. I've, my, I have a lockup. It's only it's literally two minutes up the road. Um, it's got all my drums in and all the guitars in and everything like that. And I just haven't. I've been going up as much as I can, but 
I go up in it, I maybe send, spend 15 minutes there and, I, I'm a, and then get bored. And it's just highlighted how much I miss the collaborative process, really. Even if it's just me and Alex or just me and Connor, or especially if it's all of us. It's, it's out of that collaborative process that you then explore your own, your own ideas. But without that, I'm kind of just sitting there just playing drums, which just gets really boring after a bit. It's almost like you need a goal to work toward as well and something to kind of centre yourself around. What do you mean? Like, like if you're working with the guys, you'd be working on a song. Whereas when you're going up there, do you have anything in mind in terms of what you want to achieve? Yeah. I if mean, you're just going up to the lockup? I try and, like, I listen to new music. I listen to new music. I go, oh, I really like that feel. I'll try and picture it in a jaw song. So, like, well, I need to try and work out how to get, play that, you know, get that feel, get that, play that myself. So I go up there with that. And then <laughs> instantly, if I can't get it, I'm so bad for just going, oh, forget it. <laughs> oh, I can't be bothered. And then I end up putting, I end up playing along to songs that I've been listening to. Like I end up playing along to like Queens of the Stone Age or something just because it's fun. And then I go to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, it's just like, oh, that was annoying because I haven't really got into that of, of the day there. But I've learned to, I need to start giving myself a break because sometimes if it's not there, if you, can, if you force it, that's not going to help either. You know, and you might end up just resenting it. You know, so I've just decided that once I stop like getting what I want out of it, just to leave it because if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. And sometimes it does happen, and I'm in there for hours. And I feel great. And I feel like the best drum on earth, and then I break a stick. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, I saw you got new cymbals a few weeks ago. Can that help? Kind of getting a new toy yeah. to play yeah. around with. Defo. It's like when a guitarist gets a new guitar pedal. It's just it, it makes you play. It does make you play a bit differently. Like I've got this brand new Rise cymbal, but for some reason it was just like the exact sounds of um, "Are oh, You Gonna Go My Way" by Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> I instantly played that song. Um, it's just really, it's just, it is fun. It just gives you like a new lease of life. That's when you start to accidentally play something. You're like, oh, actually, I'll use that. I'll keep that for the next time we, we're jamming or something. Do you need to be recording or can you just remember it? Uh, I tend to just do like a really crap recording on my phone. Like it's, it sounds terrible, but as long as I just do, I know the basics, then I'll be able to play it again. I just do a crap recording on my phone or something. Just I've got a, a bunch of voice notes. Just little, they're only like 30 seconds, some of them. I'll just listen back to them and then that's, that just gets me started again to back where I'll start and then it goes from there. So that's really useful, actually. But as far as like properly recording, I'm really crap at it and I haven't got the patience as, um, as much as Connor. I tried it, I've, I borrowed microphones from my mates and everything, but I was just like, oh, I'll use this at this. Uh, I, once by the time I've set up microphone, like proper microphones and things, I can't be bothered. I can't be asked to play. <laughs> I was like, I've got so frustrated trying to get everything to work. You can guarantee you've got a dodgy XLR lead or, or something, or so. Like, oh. And then you, or you put your put your in ears in. It's just like this sounds terrible. Like, can't be bothered to go through it all again. So now I just I just do a voice note on my phone now. So then when we do eventually meet up again, because we don't, re- we rarely have band practice because we all live 
in such different places that when we do have band practice, it's like we all turn up with like our best stuff that we've co- collected over that time that we haven't spent together. So you're like, we all bring our A game and that's how our songs, songs born, really. What you were saying there about how you can't do, you wouldn't do the kind of proper or more professional recording because it can just get a little bit fiddly. Is it almost breaking the momentum? Like, is it quite like a fast kind of flowing headspace when you're in that moment? And does it almost just inhibit that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'll, I'll, it'll be like in over the course of a week. So like I'll go up and I'll do something that I really like or I'll write something here and, on guitar at home and go, right, on Thursday, I'm going to go up and set the microphones up and record this. I'd start setting them up. And by the time I've set them all up, I can't be asked recording it so i was like well they're set up now so i'll go up and actually record it when i can be asked and then <laughs> so i get up there i've listened to it and i've decided it doesn't sound very good anyway <laughs> it's a bit it's, it's just uh, I, I don't know whether that's just because like the, the lockdown or whatever i just I, I, i've realized i need other people other musicians around me to to work with you something to bounce off of definitely yeah just it just really helps do you prefer the way you kind of go about it now where you're saying you'll take a few months before you do a rehearsal where you'll all like kind of collect your best ideas? Because mm. imagine when you first started, it would have been like weekly rehearsals. Do you prefer it now when it's a little bit more spaced out and you can all bring your A game in that way? Uh, I'd, I'd prefer it if we, if we met up more often than we do at the moment. So I think, we'd all, I think we would all agree with that. Just because sometimes you can come up with something really great off the cuff that you wasn't even planning on making. And then it's kind of frustrating because you know you won't see each other for another month or so. And you know that by the time it gets around to that time, that whole thing that you did would have been forgotten unless you record it. Um, but sometimes you just forget and it's, I don't know. So I think once this lockdown's over, we're definitely, we're definitely going to meet up a lot more often. And obviously we've got this, we've got new, we've got things happening again, which always puts a lot more energy into like the Jaws headquarters or whatever, or whatever you want to call it. It just makes us excited again and gets us all talking about music again, which, you know, sparks inspiration. So even releasing a book or announcing a tour or anything gets you excited, makes you want to start writing this again. When did the book come into the picture? Uh, so we did a tour in 2019 and it was a pretty big tour for us. We were doing some pretty big venues and like some of the biggest venues they ever done. And up to that point, we we were taking a photographer out with us. Uh, but the the guy that we was coming out with us up to that point, he wasn't able to do that tour for some reason. So we were we were in need of a photographer, and Connor knew Peter Peter Lally. Uh, who's beyond this book. Um, I think they skate together there in London. So Connor just asked the question if he wanted to come and uh, do some photos on this tour. We were all sound with that, yeah, fly away. And um, he just he just came along and started taking photos, whatever. I think we came along and I think it started out in just asking permission for us or him to use these pictures for this thing he was going to do. But yeah, fly away, that's, that's fine. Um, and then after a bit, I think we just realised there was an opportunity for us to work together on it properly. And obviously COVID slowed down that idea because um, we, did, we didn't want to release it just randomly. We wanted it to be in conjunction with something, that to be some kind of order with it. 
uh, just don't want to release it in the middle of something, you know, and not and nothing happened. It doesn't. It deserves a bit more than that. So we decided to release it now because in conjunction with the tour and everything, and then this new song as well. So it's kind of like a triple threat for people. You know, I've got this book, got this tour and everything's all happening. So Hitting them from all angles. Yeah. Um, so we're really happy with it. And I'm, I love it. You know, I just love the, uh, it's, it does give more of a personal touch to these, every single photograph. Because, I mean, social media is kind of taken over everything at the moment. Uh, right, right now, I mean, it, especially photography. Every, you know, you can see some great photos, but it, it, it gets uploaded to Instagram, and that's the only way it gets noticed. It just gets lost in the in the ocean that is Instagram. So I think releasing something like this, it gives the photos their own identity and just a bit more special, a bit more personal, personal touch to it. And it's also... A good representation of what tour is actually like. To be honest, a lot of sitting around, <laughs> lots, lots of sitting around waiting, waiting to go on stage, sitting in the van, eating crap food, eating loads of crisps. So I'm interested to see what the fans think, obviously, but also interested to see what other bands might, what make of it if they ever if they ever get a copy, because I'd imagine they'd be able to relate to a lot of this. So. It seems like Peter has quite a. Uh an intimate style like he kind of captures his small little moments that a lot of photographers might not yeah well he was really good at like <laughs> taking pictures without you noticing which is kind of the best way to do it because you really capture what he's actually like instead of you know if we've had some gigs with some bands and they have a photographer with them and they're just like just posing for the camera it's like well there's, there's nothing interesting there it's just your face <laughs> yeah, um, it's a little bit fake as well they've kind of got the moody pout on the go yeah I mean <laughs> don't get me wrong we've we've had a few like Vogue sessions in here like <laughs> but we tried not to Peter didn't want it to be that he if Connor if Connor said to him oh take a picture of me he'd be like no, I'm not taking because you've asked me to take a picture of, I'm not going to do it now the only one that he said let's do a photo shoot is the one with with uh, Jürgen Klopp <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in Liverpool so that was fun but now other than that he's really good at just capturing true moments like I said it is a lot of weights around a lot of knackers you are doing fuck all really <laughs> and, then you, and then you do a and you do an hour gig it's all really exciting and then it's really not exciting so I think as well with the way, with what you were kind of doing with that stage show and the way you were playing with light, because you had like the cubes. How many cubes did you have again on stage that were kind of bouncing light and reflecting it? I think there was like four of them. They were like these semicircle reflector things. Uh, light engineer Rob Cartin, who's a, he's the guy who built the Jaws sign as well. We just let him do what he wants. He's like a madman. He takes over his living room. He's only got a small living room and he, that's where he builds everything and much to his fiance's uh, annoyance. But um, <laughs> yeah, I got four of those and they like made, made a real difference as well. And Peter managed to capture the light so well. I love it. I just love like the, I don't know what the, I don't know what the fancy word is for it, but he just, he just managed to, he managed to get it spot on. Because the way they hit, the way it hits those cubes, the light almost like fractures. Yeah. Like it'll hit the cube from one direction, it goes off in like a thousand different places. That's it, yeah. That's right. I love it though. 
I'm really happy with it. How has your approach to like the stage production and building a show developed like with each record? Yeah, well, I mean, after Simplicity, I thought, I think we all had the conscious decision, we need to do something about the stage show because it shows the sign of that you're growing as a band, just make you look a bit more professional. Um, so we just, uh, we try and make it, we try and do something a bit different every time. Um, we started out with these like lamps that you'd have in your nan's living room and then, and then we'll, we'll probably just keep the, we'll keep the Jaws lights just because it's become like a staple of the show. Like, you know, it's a Jaws gig when those are on. But yeah, I mean, there's, I, I can't, we kind of take it over to Rob, who's really good at that kind of thing because I'm useless at like, if I come up with someone, it, that someone go, no, that's going to be way too expensive. No, you can't have a, <laughs> you can't all ride on stage in the Harley Davidson. No, it's can't do that. So <laughs> as much as I'd love to, but I'd, who knows? But it also depends on what venues you're playing. Cause obviously we've got a small, this November tour is smaller tour. We'll be limited in what we can take, uh, but you'll be amazed what you can cram onto a tiny stage and piss off the, uh, <laughs> the venue stuff with <laughs> <laughs> when we've kind so of we've spoken about the tour and we've touched on the photo book and the last kind of portion of that triple threat is the new single yeah when did that kind of was that the final thing to be added to this piece of the puzzle this kind of everything you're releasing at the moment yeah kind of yeah it kind of it was all based around the book really that was the main focus so we all had like a big meeting about it. How do you want to do it? And we were all in agreement. We don't want to just do it on its own because it's just too random. So we was like, we've got this song that's been on the back burner since uh, the ceiling was released. And we've also, we also want to go on a tour. So we just worked that out. And just the way, the way it ended up was release the tour, the book, uh, the book and the tour first. Yeah. Once you've got some interest, that's just a good idea to release a song around then. Just creates a bit more buzz around you. Did this come from, do you have like a vault of almost like Jaws songs that didn't quite make records that you can dive into and have a little look for something? Uh, it's. I mean, we've got like in, Untitled was, is one of the ones that are like properly recorded in, in a, like a professional studio that's mastered and mixed and ready to go. We have other stuff, other songs that are demos that we may revisit and other songs that are mastered and mixed and everything that are just terrible songs, <laughs> which probably went through. <laughs> um, we were like, what were we thinking, even recording that? You know, um, It's not a massive vault, though. Like, and I think a lot of the time it's, it's a lot of little snippets of stuff that we record and then we'll take it to the practice studio write a full song so it's kind of ready in that way and then we'll demo it and then take it to the studio so they're kind of quickly in and out of the machine but no we don't really hoard too much music was untitled done with Gethin again yeah that was it was yeah. during the uh ceiling sessions when we worked at uh vile studios Gethin was a lot of synth work in this one, which Gethin is just a wizard with. It's, we'd have a synth. Like, once you've done everything, all the main bits, like the drums, the bass, guitar, we'd, we'd, it would be, we'd have dinner or something or do some vocals maybe. 
and then we'd have synth hour or synth night. <laughs> we'd get all the synths out. <laughs> like happy hour, but synth hour. Yeah, it would get all the synths out, just try them all. This was this was during the simplicity, actually. And it would usually start around 10 o'clock and we'd, it, it would go on until 3 o'clock in the morning playing with synths, getting pissed. It's the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good and we got some... So after that, we were just uh, we just carried on work, working like that, really. And it was good. Was there a version of the ceiling with entitled on it? Did it ever fit in the track listing at any point? No, it was kind of... It was during the discussions about the track listing that, unfortunately, uh, Untitled just didn't quite make the cut. So there was talks of doing like a deluxe version where it would have been on it, but it just it didn't make sense to do that uh, at the time. We were ne- we were always we were going to use it though. We we had the decision like it's not it's not just going to be stashed away and never used again. It was just a case of finding the right opportunity to release it, and now there is one. So that's why it's happening now. Was that the same case with anyway? Now's not the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's right, yeah. So it was those two songs that didn't make the cut. Um, anyway, now stop the time came out just because we would. That was around the time we was unsure about where this pandemic was going. I think the idea was we were going to release that and maybe do a tour like we're doing now, but then it all went to shit. So <laughs> you know, when you kind of listen to Untitled in the context of the ceiling. When you hear the ceiling, every song is its very kind of own distinct thing, if that makes sense. Like, although it's cohesive, they all kind of serve a role and are all doing something quite different to each other. Was the reason it didn't make it on just because it was kind of falling a little bit in between? Yeah, it, far was, it just, there were doubts, little doubts about those two songs. Only very little, though. They could have easily made the cut, um, but when it came to... It, it came down to when it came down to track listing, and there, and there was an issue in regards to the vinyl. It became clear that we would need to either it would either have been like a three CD thing, or sacrifice a couple songs. I did like the idea of doing three CDs, just seemed messy. So that's just how it came about, and because there were absolute definites that were making it, unfortunately, they just ended up at the bottom of the list. So. Can it ever be frustrating when you have those creative constraints that are a little bit with your control, or those physical constraints rather that have to inform the creative decisions, or can it help? Um, sometimes it is frustrating. It was frustrating. I know, if, especially for Connor, because like he really liked the song well titled. I mean, we all did, but it was sometimes you've got to think about it in the long run. It would be beneficial, and there's just ways around it. But yeah, it can be frustrating, but also it can benefit you by if you can only release a certain amount of songs and you only pick your best ones, which isn't a bad thing because you know that they're going to, whoever's going to listen to it, going to get some really good stuff. Although maybe shorter than you, you wanted it to be, you get you, you bring in like the cream of the crop sort of thing. How far ahead do you think is a band? It's literally as far as the next. The next thing, like so, for example, we're thinking as far as this tour that we've just released, we and then we'll do it and then think about what to do next. And that's how it, we don't think about. I suppose we've thought about we're all, we want to go into the studio after that tour as soon as possible, 
what studio, who is, for how long, or what songs. We haven't thought about that yet. So and that's far. It just kind of because I think if you think too far ahead, you might you run the risk of disappointment really because if you don't get to do those things you see it as a failure or feel like that and it can get you down you try and just look to the near future very near future hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.